Well, hello and welcome everyone to Fringes of the Faith, a podcast dedicated to talking about some of the weird and strange stuff in the Bible and in our Christian faith. I'm Paul Henderson, administrative pastor at Capstone Church here in Fort Worth, Texas, and sitting next to me is, of course, one last time for this year, mm. Parky Coburn. Last Senior time for this year. Pastor. Yeah, man, we're coming up on the holidays. We well, are. we've already had Thanksgiving. Yes. And, and uh, hope you had a good one. Hope you had a great one. Mm-hmm. Now we're rocketing toward Christmas, mm-hmm. and uh, we hope you have a great holiday season this year. Yes, uh, yes. And so if you've been following us, which I hope that you have, you, you'll notice that our previous episodes have been a little bit heavy. We've talked a lot about the end times and the return of Jesus. And so today I wanted to have a discussion about a, a little bit of a lighter topic. It's an important topic. It's important to many people. Um, but I just kind of want to kind of change gears here a little bit. Okay. You'll well, know what I mean when, when, when we start talking about this. Okay. We're often asked this question, will our pets go to heaven with us? Will they be present in heaven? Uh, or are they going to be in the millennial kingdom? Or will they be in the new heaven and the new earth, in the new Jerusalem, after the millennial kingdom? Right. So you ready to tackle this one? Yeah, yeah, uh, sure. I, I would just say this. I know I've had a couple of cats I know didn't make it to heaven, so they were demon-possessed, but anyway. <laughs> well, let's start talking about <laughs> animals in general. Actually, oh, okay. let's start with the creation of animals in yeah. humans, okay? Right. Do you see any obvious differences between the original creation of animals and humans? Well, you, well uh, yes, uh, there are some differences, mm-hmm. Pastor Paul. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the, the, the major differences to me is the very fact that uh, how man came to life mm-hmm. was he was breathed into uh, by God himself, mm-hmm. that God breathed into man and he became a living soul or a living being. And, uh, you know, the rest of the animals, mm-hmm. I mean, you don't really see God breathing into them. No. Is that correct? He just says, let there be. And yeah, and let there, there be. And there, there was. Well, let's look at it real quick. Um, Genesis chapter 1, verse 20. This is the account of the fifth day of creation. Mm-hmm. Says, then God said, let the water swarm with living creatures and let the birds fly above the earth across the expanse of the sky. So God created the large sea creatures and every living creature that moves and swarms in the water according to their kinds. Mm-hmm. So on the fifth day, God creates fish, wells, shrimp, crabs, squid, other swimming and swarming species. He also created ducks, geese, cranes, sparrows, and other flying animals according to their kinds mm-hmm. or their species. Isn't it interesting, though, when you think about it, that we now know, what we know about whales is they do have an ability to communicate with one another. Mm-hmm. It appears that way, It right? appears that way, yeah. Okay. And if this is the case, wouldn't it seem logical that, that they would have the ability to communicate with God? Well, you know what? That's that's a super great question. And you know, in the uh, book of Revelation, uh, it it has no notices there that all living creatures uh, responded to God mm-hmm. uh, at certain periods of time. And uh, so, yeah, I do think uh, that animals have the ability uh, to praise God, whether that's living out the life that they've been created to live. 
and and then you know if they sing they sing if they talk you know if they uh, make you know noises are they praising God I think I think they are yeah well I mean you hear that all the time about birds mm-hmm. when birds when they wake up in the morning assuming they sleep at night they they begin singing and and you know I believe that that they're singing the praise of God mm-hmm. I mean, who else are they singing to I do too and you say oh you guys are full of it well. <laughs> We'll, we'll go into the, the book of Revelation and begin to read because there are instances where the entire creation mm-hmm. praised God. And in the book of Psalms, mm-hmm. you know, uh, Psalm 19 and, and others, you know, it talks about creation praising the Lord. Mm-hmm. In one place in the book of Job, it even says the stars sang when God created. Now, that could be the messengers and the angels of God, but it, there are many references in the Bible to creation praising God. Well, there, you know, science is now, uh, astronomers have now, uh, and astrophysicists have now discovered that all of the planets and the stars within our solar system anyway, they all hum mm-hmm. at a certain, certain frequency, which is interesting that they hum. It is very, very interesting. Mm-hmm. So let's go to the sixth day. So the fifth day, God creates the, the fish and the birds, right? Okay. Yes. And it looks like it appears maybe perhaps there's also some intelligence there as well. I mean, if wells can indeed communicate with mm-hmm. each other, then mm-hmm. that shows some form of intelligence. Right. So on the sixth day, God said this, Let the earth produce living creatures according to their kinds, livestock, creatures that crawl, and the wildlife of the earth according to their kinds, and it was so. So God made the wildlife of the earth according to their kinds, the livestock, the livestock according to their kinds, and all the creatures that crawl on the ground according to their kinds. And God saw that it was good. So up to this point, we know God's created, you know, mass. Mm-hmm. He, uh, he's created vegetation. He's created fish, birds. Now he's created lizards and frogs. That's why I went lizards and frogs and insects but also cattle, deer, elephants, dinosaurs, monkeys, cats, dogs, horses, and other creatures that live, walk, Why and crawl. Why are you doing E at frogs and lizards? Uh, it's more... Mm. Man, this is the guy I went out of town with, <laughs> and, and he bought this frog call, you know, this thing he can talk to frogs with when you use it. I can't describe it. It's made out of wood. <laughs> so I really thought he liked those things. No, I'm calling them away. Like, oh, okay. Get out. Get out. Get out. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, and so, you know, the interesting thing is that so far, all of God's creations are good, mm-hmm. okay? Um, I think that we now know that monkeys can communicate with each other. Yes. And they can learn to communicate with humans. Meerkats, we've seen that. Yeah. If you ever watched Meerkat Manor there you go. years ago, then you know meerkats mm-hmm. can communicate. And they have the capacity to learn. Yeah. This is also true with dogs, cats, horses, tigers. Mm -hmm. So there's something going on here with God's creations that signal intelligence, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Because you always always hear it say, do dogs, do cats and dogs have the ability to think? Uh, Yeah, I think that they do. Now, maybe short, kind of short-lived, short-term thinking. Uh, Some call it instinct, but... I don't know. I, I happen to believe that they do have the capacity to think. There's no doubt that there's an in, there's a, a level of intelligence there. Mm-hmm. Now we know that humans are three part beings made in the image of God. We're physical beings. We have a soul, which is the conscious, and and a spirit. Is consciousness associated with intelligence, or is it only related to being aware of our existence? Consciousness. 
consciousness? Mm -hmm. I don't know. I'm barely conscious right now. No. <laughs> is consciousness okay. is it associated with intelligence or just the mere uh, existence of uh, us being aware of our existence? Hmm. I, I think to be aware of your existence brings with itself a level of consciousness. Now, I'm not saying it maybe is a deep, deep level of intelligence. I, what I'm trying to say is a level of intelligence. Mm. Uh, you know, I'm not saying it's massively deep. I'm not saying you can solve, you know, big problems or mm. complex problems. But I think that's, that something that exists, you know, has some level of the consciousness of its surroundings. Mm -hmm. Even cellular things, because cells can try to move, uh, you know, mm -hmm. and and uh, move uh, and and connect and and do different things, and so I, I think there may be a level of an intelligence associated with all consciousness. Or if you're talking about life, mm -hmm. are you talking about life when you say consciousness? No, talking about consciousness itself. Consciousness itself. Mm -hmm. So if it's only related. I mean, if you're in the camp of it's only related to being aware of your own existence, that's mm -hmm. what separates, or if you think that's what separates us from animals, then, because I've heard that said before, that how do we know definitively that animals like dogs and cats and horses are not aware of their own existence? Is there a way that we could know that? I don't know. I don't either. That's a good question. I'm sitting here trying to, to figure that out. I don't know. You know, I, I think animals are aware of their existence. I mean, I think they're they're aware they're alive, mm -hmm. but and I think they do have a level of intelligence. And I even think animals have a level of personality. And so we're going to talk more about this here in a minute mm -hmm. as we talk more about animals. Yeah. But beyond that, I don't know. So we know that humans we were created as three part beings. Is there anything that would definitively tell us that all living creatures are not three-part beings as well? Well, not definitively. Um, I do think the Bible, if you want to talk about the Bible, you know, you think about the book of Ecclesiastes, the Bible mm -hmm. talks about the soul of the we'll animal, the that, soul yeah. of the animal. Mm -hmm. Three-part spirit? I don't know. Mm, don't know. I mean, it, the spirit of the animal, I don't think, is necessarily talked about in the Bible. Mm -hmm. But once again, I'm not going to uh, sit here and say definitively, right. you know, that they don't have a spirit. Now, but, um, you know, I've always kind of viewed them as tripart creations, you know, soul and body. But, mm -hmm. but that's kind of my mm -hmm. asser, you know, my what I've ascertained over years, but. Okay. But I think we could say, I don't know. Uh, yeah, I definitely could say, I don't know. I don't have a clue. Yeah. Um, but here's why I'm saying this, because the Apostle Paul says in Romans chapter 1, verse 20 and 21, for his, God, for his invisible attributes, namely his eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world in the things that have been made. Mm -hmm. So they are without excuse. For although they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks to him, but they became futile in their thinking, and their foolish hearts were darkened. Now, he's talking about, you know, there's evidence of creation of our creator all around us in the invisible attributes, mm -hmm. right? Yes. But he also says here that uh, 
namely his eternal power and divine nature. So does this indicate that God's divine nature is clearly perceived in the things that he's created, that his divine nature is perceived in that? I think that's what he's saying. Mm -hmm. Okay. Do animals reflect God's divine nature, I wonder, or is it just man? I think man reflects it at, at its greatest it's at its apex mm-hmm. that it can be reflected in something that's created. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, I think animals uh, uh, reflect God's divine nature. They, they speak. They're very, the way that they're created speaks something to me about the wisdom of God, the ability mm-hmm. of God, the intelligence of God, uh, you know, uh, yeah. the goodness of God. Right. Yeah, I do. I think yeah. it does. I do, too. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15, Paul again, he talks about the resurrection of the dead, and he goes on to say something very interesting about all living creatures. He says this beginning in verse 39, All flesh is not the same flesh, but there is one kind of flesh of men, another flesh of beasts, another of fishes, and another of birds. Mm. So all flesh is not the same flesh. Yes, isn't that an interesting? Isn't that an interesting uh, comment? Mm-hmm. That is so, so interesting because you know we, when we do a scientific breakdown upon our makeup, we know we're all carbon-based, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, uh, life forms. Mm-hmm. But that is that is just so interesting. So in that sentence, the Apostle Paul is saying through the Holy Spirit there is a difference. Mm-hmm. Between humans and animals. Yes. There are differences. There are differences. I'm not going to say what those differences are right now, but there are differences. Right, there are. And so you mentioned Ecclesiastes earlier. Mm -hmm. Well, in chapter 3, verse 19 through 21 says this, For what happens to the children of man and what happens to the beast is the same. As one dies, so dies the other. So they all die at some time. They all have the same breath. And man has no advantage over the beast, for all is vanity. All go to one place. All are from the dust, and to dust all return. Who knows whether the spirit of man goes upward, and the spirit of the beast goes down into the earth. Okay, who knows? Who knows? Uh, you know, he's talking about, first of all, we all, we all breathe the same oxygen, mm-hmm. just like the animals do. We, we, we breathe breath. oxygen just like they do. And, and that we, when we die, we all die. Mm-hmm. And when we die, our bodies disintegrate and all return to the same earth. That's right. And, but then he starts talking about the immaterial part. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And he says, who knows? He goes, isn't that an interesting question? See, we're talking about this podcast, on this on this podcast today. And S- Solomon, you know, is saying, isn't that interesting? Who knows? Mm-hmm. Where the where the, the the immaterial part of of an animal goes, mm-hmm. the wisest man that ever existed on earth, apart from Jesus, who's yeah. God, asks the same question that we're asking. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah, and really, when you look at Ecclesiastes, the scripture doesn't provide any definitive answers. It, it's like I said, it's asking the same questions we're asking. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we can all agree on this, and you brought this up that both the flesh of man and beast return to the dust. Mm-hmm. We can all agree on that because. Yeah. Um, that's what it says. It goes on to say that in Ecclesiastes, that mm-hmm. we all return to the same place, the dust. From carbon, we came, and from and, and we return to the carbon base of the planet mm-hmm. when we die. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
And so when we kind of switch a little bit to, okay, so how much does God care about animals? We can read in Psalm 50, For every beast of the forest is mine, the cattle on a thousand hills. I know all the birds of the hills, and all that moves in the field is mine. So we know that God loves animals. We know that he does. There are many scriptures that mm-hmm. talk about God's provision. Mm-hmm. He cares for him. For the animal. He created the earth so that animals would have provision. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, the, Jesus himself talked about not one sparrow falls from the sky that God doesn't see. I mean, you think about that. Yeah, you do. But it was also God who sacrificed animals in order to make coverings for Adam and Eve. Yeah. So what is this beginning? What does that tell us? What do you think that tells you? Well, I think that animals perhaps serve a purpose. I think that Adam and Eve, um, before they're actually, I mean, they're given dominion over animals. Um, What does that tell you about the value? They're all valuable. They're all all valuable. valuable. But what does that tell you about the value of a human versus the value of an animal? Well, it took the life of an animal in order to cover the shame of Adam and Eve. And so that tells you that Adam and Eve possess more value if you can put, you know, a value on that, seemingly more than animals. Jesus said you're of more value than many sparrows. That's right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Doesn't say va- sparrows are valueless. He just said you're of more you value. You more value. Right. Mm-hmm. I, I think that's what's demonstrated in the garden. God gave the beasts of the world to humankind to have dominion and stewardship over them. And God tells us we're not to mistreat animals. Mm-hmm. That's Pro- exactly yeah. right. Proverbs twelve ten says a righteous man has kind regard for the life of his animal. So we know animals are important. They do have value. Is there any scripture that indicates that there will be animals in heaven? Yeah, there's some in the book of Revelation. Mm-hmm. At least Absolutely. one in there. Well, in Revelation nineteen eleven says, and I saw heaven open, and behold, a white horse, mm-hmm. and he who was sitting. We're riding it. It's called Faithful and True. So it looks like Jesus is riding on a white horse in heaven. Yeah, somebody said, those are metaphorical horses. Well, I'm not a metaphorical person, and Jesus is not metaphorical. And so, you know, for something that has substance and it's not metaphor, I mean, you know, not that's real, uh, it's going to have to have a real horse to sit on. What would it, what would it be <laughs> metaphorical of? A white limousine? I, I don't know. Horses. You know, I just think there's some people go, oh, I don't think those are real horses. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I believe they are. So we know that there are at least horses in heaven, right? Second mm-hmm. Kings chapter 2, verse 11 describes the prophet Elijah being taken up into hev- heaven by a whirlwind. You know, it also mentions animals too. Mm-hmm. It says, as they were walking along the, and talking together, suddenly a chariot of fire and horses of fire, most likely means red horses, appeared and separated the two of them, and Elijah went up into heaven in a whirlwind. So, again, animals, horses come down. Yeah, I, I th- yeah, exactly. I think the evidence is there, and, you, you know, there's other things you're going to reference, but I think that the evidence is there that there are animals in heaven. Yeah. There's also some references to living creatures that kind of resemble humans and animals together, and we don't really know for sure, but... We're told in Ezekiel chapter 1, verse 10, that there are four living creatures. Ezekiel sees in a vision of heaven. He says, as for the likeness of their faces, each had a human face. The four had the face of a lion on the right side. The four had the face of an ox on the left side. And the four had the face of an eagle. Now, those could be metaphorical. That could represent, you know, the different dominions or kingdoms 
of creation, but I, I really I don't, don't think I don't think it is. I think that, uh, they're those are real beings, and mm-hmm. I think you've got a a real treat ahead of you because you're gonna see some things when you get to heaven <laughs> that you've never seen in your life. Right, and uh, uh, you know they're just uh, they don't exist in this created order yeah. right here, but they exist in another order. Mm-hmm. And so I don't think there are any arguments really that can be made unless you take the metaphorical position, which doesn't really make sense, that there, there are no animals in heaven. Well, you are a real person, right? Metaphorically. Well, then you're going to need a real horse to sit on <laughs> if you're going to come. Does that, also, horse. does that also include our beloved pets? Possibly. Uh, possibly. I mean, the biblical evidence we've looked at today seems to suggest that animals will be in heaven, and if so, why not all animals? I can't say that they're not. Can yeah. you? B- biblical? Biblically? Or? I don't know. I mean, I've heard some people... I'm not talking about on the earth. I mean in heaven. Yeah, I don't know. I, you know, I've read and I've heard people point to Isaiah chapter 11 when, when they try to support animals being in heaven, but that's not actually heaven. Here's what it says. Yeah. The wolf shall dwell with the lamb, and the leopard shall lie down with the young goat and the calf and the lion and the fattened calf together, and a little child shall lead them. The cow and the bear shall graze, their young shall lie down together, and the lion shall eat straw like an ox. And the nursing child shall play over the hole of a cobra, and the winged child shall put his hand on the adder's den. They shall not hurt or destroy in all my holy mountain, for the earth shall be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. Uh, this isn't heaven. This is the millennial kingdom, right? Yeah, yeah, you have. Once again, last week, you know, when we were together, we talked about you know, just trying to answer some questions. We talked about the importance of taking Scripture in context. Mm-hmm. And yes, that's that's definitely, it's a, it's a part of a pretty good discourse on, on uh, what the millennial kingdom will be like, which is happening here on the earth. Right. Mm-hmm. That's an earthly, mm-hmm. physical realm. It's where Jesus rules mm-hmm. uh, from Jerusalem, but that kingdom lasts 1,000 years and and is here on the earth. Yeah. And so what's the definitive answer? Do pets go to heaven? You know, the Bible does not specifically address this question. Well, I've got some I hope aren't up there. But anyway. <laughs> I mean, we, we, we get little <laughs> tidbits here and there that that are describing animals in the kingdom of heaven, and I mm-hmm. guess we could infer that this would also include our beloved pets, but... But know. I also think we have to be careful about our inferences. because Because it doesn't necessarily say that, that all animals will be in heaven. Uh, could they... We told you guys at the beginning that it, if we couldn't definitively answer, we'd tell you. Mm-hmm. And so maybe it is speaking of that, but maybe not as well. It's just not completely 100% clear. And, you know, we're, we want to be really sensitive about this because, um, you know, pets are parts of our family. Mm-hmm. Um, as a matter of fact, uh, I've got one. Her name is Emma. And uh, you guys may be able, if you're watching on YouTube, there's a picture of Emma. She is a very cute, very lovable, very intelligent. Um, she looks at you in a way that she has human expressions on her face. It's just the strangest thing. And so she can't be that intelligent because she doesn't like me. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> and you know, and if she ends up, you know, being in in heaven, you know, that's great. Right. Um, 
as long as she doesn't potty on the and, floor. And I don't, yeah, and I don't want to. I don't want to be insensitive here at all because I love my little dog, and I, as much as you love your dog or your cat or your horse or your goat or your your ostrich or your llama or whatever it is that that you have as a pet, uh, but here's how we should approach this question. I think will it matter when we're in heaven? I know it matters to you now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I I really do understand, and we're not saying your pet will not be there. We're, we're saying we don't know. But what Pastor Paul is asking, I think, is he's trying to open your understanding or your thought processes to the fact uh, to, to, to go beyond an experience that you know right now. Right. Mm-hmm. Yes. And we know that little... That little part of your family, the fur part of your family, um, brings you a lot of joy. Mm -hmm. Um, But the joy that you'll experience in heaven will be far greater than any joy that we've ever experienced here in this physical realm. And so I'm just just trying to say that when we're in heaven, we're going to see things that we would never have imagined. And we're going to, I mean, the sight alone is just going to be so awesome and you'll be so awestruck i don't think that we'll even be thinking about the things of this earth you know i've got to be honest with you guys and i hope you don't think i'm callous but i've, I've never really thought at all about whether I, i've had many pets i loved mm-hmm. and i've never really thought at all if they were going to be there or not mm-hmm. uh, you know if they are that's super that's great uh, but if they're not, uh, I, I, I know I have a trust that, that mm-hmm. God knows how to make me happy and what, what needs to be in place to bring me joy. Mm-hmm. And, and I've got my faith in that. Yes, exactly. And when you look at, you know, in the physical world, the purpose of your, your furry loved ones is companionship. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the main purpose, companionship and you know, there will really be no need for companionship in heaven because the Lord will be our companion. Well, we do know that relationships are different in heaven. Jesus mm-hmm. told us that. Yes, he did. Jesus talked about relationships being a little bit different. See, Pastor Paul and I are both married. We have He has a wonderful wife. I have a wonderful wife. And, you know, there there are things that Jesus talks about, about relationships between humans. Yeah, it's uh, in Matthew 22. Yeah, that they may be different in heaven, and that could be a source of distress to me. My wife and I have talked about that. Mm-hmm. You know, will we not, you know, be married and not live in the same house in heaven and and all of that? And, and you know, I could really let that sit on me and, and hurt me and scare me. Uh, I know my wife will be there, mm-hmm. uh, but... Uh, you know, I have to go back to my faith in God, and I trust Him. I know Him, mm-hmm. and I know that He will provide the best for us. And so, yeah. whatever that is, you said, does it is it going to matter if I'm not able to live with my wife in heaven? I know that it it's not going to matter to me at that time, right? at that time because I know that marriage is a picture of Christ's relationship with his church. Mm-hmm. And, and so I know that it may operate a little differently in heaven, my relationship with her, mm-hmm. but I'm not worried. Right. I'm not worried about those differences is what I'm trying to say, making me unhappy. Yes. Cause once you get there, mm-hmm. I think that, that 
you know, we will, we will not have any questions about the decisions that God has made. The Lord knows you. Mm -hmm. He created you. You know, that's one of the things I found out a long time ago that blessed me is the Lord knows me even better than I know myself. And uh, he knows a word that's going to be on my tongue before I'm even able to pull it out and, and, and speak it. And he knows exactly what you and I need. He knows exactly what's going to bring us the most fulfillment. And, and everything that happens in this life is just a foretaste. Mm -hmm. It's just a foretaste mm -hmm. of what's going to be in heaven. I mean, what we're experiencing now, Pastor Paul, we, we haven't even thought talked about this part, but what we're experiencing now is just like little droplets mm -hmm. of what we'll experience in the fullness in heaven. Mm-hmm. So I don't need to worry that my life in heaven is going to be somehow subpar or I'm going to be missing something. Right, exactly. I think that's the point. Um, and, and I really think, you know, we, we've got to be careful about what we, we, where we place our focus. I mean, uh, I would love to have Emma with me in heaven. That's mm -hmm. really, it's a really nice thought, mm -hmm. but that's not really what my focus is. My focus is on my calling in life, which is to have an effective, meaningful, one-on-one -on -one personal relationship with the Lord and to equip the saints. Yeah, and you know, Pastor Paul, and our, uh, what we're saying to you too is, I, I, don't, I'm, I don't know. I don't know if my, if my pets that I've had, I had a, we had a dachshund when the kids were growing up, a little spotted merle dachshund that we loved. And the day that he got uh, so down, uh, he in his body that the vet said we're going to have to put him down, and we knew it. Um, we we all were upset. We all cried about that. But uh, would I like for him to be there? I guess it would be great. It would be great. I guess it would. But my faith in God is such that I know that whatever I've experienced here on earth is just a foretaste mm -hmm. of the greatness that I'm going to experience in heaven. And so my faith is not so much, oh, God, if I don't have my dog in heaven, you know, my thought process is not that much. If I don't have him in heaven, I'm not going to be happy. Mm. My thought process is I'm going to be ultimately ridiculously peaceful and happy in heaven. Mm -hmm. And so I'm not worried as much about how God brings that to pass. Yeah. So one final thought, and you brought this up about <laughs> having some cats, right, that you hope don't or not demon there because they were demon yeah. cats. Can you imagine, just for a second, those that are, are listening and watching, can you imagine having all the pets you've ever owned in your life with you living in the room Jesus has prepared for you in heaven? You're going to be busy. You oh. better hope they can feed themselves. And You're talking about me, that's a lot of animals. Mm -hmm. And let themselves in and out. And Yeah, and some of those animals I've had like you, I do not wish to live with ever again. <laughs> well, and for cat lovers out there, that's, that's oh, not I against cat. cats. It's oh. not against cats. I, sweet cats can be very sweet. Okay. But, but all of you have had, uh, you know, some issues here and there with, some, with animals probably. Some of you may have been blessed and didn't. But, hmm. but uh, Pastor Paul, what he's saying is right. I mean, you know, you're talking about you could have a – if you've had a lot of pets in your lifetime, then – it's going to be a lot of things there. Yeah. Yeah. Be careful what you ask for. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's all for this year. 
We hope you've enjoyed this season of Fringes of the Faith, and uh, we'll be back in 2022 with a brand new season. What are some of the things we're going to talk about? Well, we're going to talk about the cultural issues of our time, such as our educational system, maybe some critical race theory, uh, our cultural war that we are waging right now between ideologies, really far left liberal, far right conservative. We'll talk about the cancel culture movement. Mm -hmm. We'll talk about true racism, transgenderism, and the LBGTQ plus movement. And, and this is an important and, and how these issues are drawing us closer to the return of Jesus. You know, I, I want to add one tiny thing to that. That's such a great introduction for next year. It's not going to just uh, reveal to us how these issues are drawing us close to the, closer to the return of Jesus. It is. But we're also going to talk about how those issues are drawing us closer to Jesus in the now. Yes. Are they separating us, us as individuals? Are they divisive? Are they drawing us closer to what Jesus has for us in the now? Mm-hmm. Or are they removing us further away from That's that? That's good. Are, yeah. Are they unifying us, like you said? Or are they dividing us? Is it glorifying God or mm-hmm. right. and, and, and uh, putting forth his purposes or not? Yes. Well, hey, we hope you have a wonderful holiday. Merry Christmas out there. Merry Christmas, And guys. have a happy new year. Have a safe new year. We love you. Remember to stay in the word, to stay alert, and be not deceived. God bless you guys. We love you. See you guys Bye-bye. next year.